Welcome to Gracefully Imperfect, a podcast for the all-encompassing Black man, the professional, the entrepreneur, the student, the family man, the father, and the everyday survivor. I'm your host, Semantic Seven. And on this journey together, we will discuss all things related to fatherhood and parenting, morality and ethics, striving to become mentally healthy, our role within our households and our family, health and fitness, and I dare not to forget, there will be a lot of sharing of our personal developmental stories that have shaped us who we are today. So let's go on this journey together and center our consciousness, relax our mind, off we go to the depths below. Blessings and abundance to all of you. So ecstatic to have you on this platform for another week. I'm so privileged and honored to host this podcast for another week. Thank you so much for choosing this podcast out of the thousands of podcasts that you could choose from on your listening device and listening platform Um, and for whatever your reason for choosing this one I am grateful I am honored and I deeply deeply appreciate you I also would like to take this opportunity to let the creator and the universe know that I am overwhelmed with gratitude. Gratitude for being able to have just given the abilities and the discipline, the resources, the wisdom to not only develop and construct this podcast, but to keep going through it all as we've seen in the month of May there were two catastrophic events Um, in the backdrop of mental health awareness month in the backdrop of African liberation in the backdrop of Asian and Pacific Islander Heritage Month and all the other significant events that it took that took place in May in the backdrop there was still calamity social plight grief angst aghast disenfranchised grief and so much more so we transition from one month to another going through all those things during a time where we should have been standing in solidarity with one another talking about a very critical critical component of what it means to embody the human condition and that is mental healthiness that was on my last podcast episode where I provide where I've I've talked about what's going on in the backdrop in that background 
as there's supposed to be a national uplift, national encouragement, national cooperation. Our black people are being targeted. They've been profiled. They're being murdered in cold blood. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to make this a gloomy, dark episode. I just, I just feel so impelled to bring that up because from my lens, being Afrocentric or I'm trying to be as Afrocentric as I possibly, possibly can be living in this Eurocentric society called America I see all of our traumas interconnected I see all of our fight for justice and liberation and sovereignty and equity interconnected and I see that our struggle and our struggle for better quality of life for our families economic independence and I believe all of that has to be entangled with the African collective in order to make this manifestation become a reality Yeah, with all that being said, family, I just, in light of everything that we've been talking about, especially in the month of May, what I wanted to do is take a different approach. I wanted to use this opportunity with all of you to talk about an eternal phenomenon that we all share that we all experience and that we all need and that eternal phenomenon is love and I know what you're thinking or at least I know what I would be thinking if I was listening to this Why do you want to bring up, bring up love? There are elders. There are children. There are pillars in the community being gunned down, being killed, being left for dead, being targeted, being discriminated against. It's a genocide, Kyle. How can we talk about love? Those sentiments and those grievances are valid and reasonable. And I share, I share in that anger, that disgust. I share that there are is a moral callousness that has already been present that's already been seeping through the fabrics the fabric and thread of American society and I just think that like even through it all we have to look at the human condition as black as a black family as a disenfranchised and marginalized family as a family that's been relegated for so long it's our duty to look at everything from a holistic perspective total body 
even though that there are racially charged, racially targeted killings. But that's entrenched with deep-seated hate. There is still love. Someone out there is getting married for the first time. Someone out there Someone out there in this world is bringing in a beautiful child through labor. Someone is going out and experiencing travel with their closest kinship. And writing in their journals how this is the best time of their life. Some people are going to therapy and finding solace, insight, and understanding about the past traumas that have created dysfunction and created incongruence between their thoughts, their behaviors, and their feelings. There's so much love still being permeated through this world. And I think that we will be doing the human condition an injustice. I think that we will be doing black families a disservice if we do not address the duality of the existential dynamics of living in a shared universe where there's chaos there's love and where there is love there's chaos I listened to Dr. Umar Johnson one time and he mentioned he gave a very solid definition of love and this definition really resonated with me because it made me think about all the conversations that I've had with my wife about why we chose each other why we stayed in each other's lives and why we continuously improve upon our connection and our cohesiveness. In this working definition, he said that love is a function of your priorities and values. And I don't disagree with that at all. We love who we love based upon what we deem important and significant. And we love who we love because at some level, some elemental level, the individual that we are willing to share in love sharing the experience of love aligns with the different frameworks that we hold true. I started thinking about love. I started thinking about everything that goes into love. And love is a very dynamic complex, complicated, hard to really wrap your your finger around it because it's it's so subjective and it's relative to the human experience. And by no means is what I'm about to say about love a empirically based 
way of approaching and embodying and practicing love. I'm a firm believer, and I've been doing this on all these episodes, and I'm a firm believer of synthesizing and aggregating information from trusted sources. And I'll just, I'm like, and I'll extend that to say, synthesize and aggregate information from trusted sources that resonates with my personhood, my perspective, the lens that I wear to observe and view and understand the and understand the world. And based on that, I looked at three components of love. The, the, you have the pillars. This is what, this is the foundation. It is this, the, it is the, it, it's what provide the necessary and appropriate support to propel love, to cement love, to create that dynamic love energy and connection with someone. And then I looked at five essential qualities and these specific qualities are demonstrative behaviors and relational interaction activities. In other words, it's a, it's a, it's those qualities are about building that alliance, that partnership, that cohesive nature. That friendship. And then lastly, the the top structure to this foundation, the the overarching broad-based pursuits. You could also look at this as a legacy in the making. And these are five goal-oriented endeavors that one uh, that it, within a love relationship and when I and when I'm talking about love I'm talking about love with someone that you want to solidify a long-term commitment with a lot of times you know that ends in marriage there are some people who stay together for long periods of time because whatever their attitude or relationship to the idea of marriage is and they stay together and they operate in their own perfect union without having to go through marriage, whatever your fancy. But that is the the way I'm looking at love. And from these broad-based pursuits, this is the, uh, the legacy in the making, the goals. These are the things to strive for. There's a bunch of things going on in the day-to-day a bunch of proclivities that you will be inclined to adapt but the broad-based pursuits are is is what gives the fuel that would provide the discipline that creates the habits and the behaviors and if you don't have that then you don't have a you don't you, you haven't figured out how to share the journey with your loved one. 
when I look at the five pillars, um, I like unconditional regard, respecting and dignifying someone regardless of what they've done, their past transgressions, their traumas, their deficits and shortcomings. their the narrative that they tell themselves that they tell themselves you love that per you want you desire that per person you love that person you cherish that person no matter the circumstances and then there's sublime intimacy Sublime meaning excellent and grandeur and intimacy means closeness. And intimacy is what creates, is, is, it serves us to create a deep, meaningful, lasting connection with one another. I was reading about this, uh, I forgot her name and I apologize for not recalling this LMFT uh, name, but you know, she did a study. She, I think she read, a, she did a research and wrote a book about the, the different pillars of intimacy and the pillars of intimacy. They're all They're all interconnected. However, some intimacy domains may have more, there may be more attention in some intimacy domains than the, than the other. And there may be some intimacy domains that are stronger than the other. And so those intimacy domains are emotional intellectual recreational um, and that's three I'm trying to remember the other ones sexual intimacy and there's one or two more but those are the different those are the different uh, domains of intimacy that provides a very strong electromagnetic radiating connection and closeness with your loved one. The next pillar is adoration. Deep honor, deep respect, deep appreciation for someone. And it kind of coincides with unconditional regard because you dignify that person. You respect the individualhood of that person and everything that comes with it. The next one is vulnerability. The power to be exposed, the power to be seen And I also look at it as being vulnerable enough or being exposed and open enough that encourages exposure and openness from your loved one. You start peeling back those layers and you start really seeing what's under the surface. You start learning about those fears and anxieties, those desires and pleasures and excitements, the deepest, darkest secrets, the never have I ever stories, the stories that we tell ourselves mentally and psychologically that may cause limitation 
unworthiness, resentment, vulnerability is the vehicle to all of that. And then the last pillar, which I think is probably one that gets overlooked, mutually aligned cultural, social, political, economical, and ideological framework. When I look at a long-term committed relationship, I think about how our thoughts, our behaviors, our emotions, our ideas, our conceptions, are all becomes entangled with one another. When you bring kids into this world, you gotta find a way to, how do we fuse our ideas? How do we fuse how we, our belief systems and value systems and our code of ethics and morals to build this human being, to develop this human being. It's an entanglement that we, it's an intertwinement that we must have. And if our frameworks aren't aligned, then they'll, then that will cause dissent and discord, disagreement, and which eventually will lead to our demise. And so, and so those are the five pillars. It's the foundation, the foundational framework of love, the supporting mechanisms of love. And then the five essential qualities, honesty and transparency. I don't know how many times I've had conversations with people or have read scholarly research on therapeutic studies where there's always a disconnect, where there's always a lack of understanding of one's own attentions. And that has a lot to do with honesty and transparency being devoid in a loving relationship. If if being accurate and being precise with your thoughts and your words and your feelings, if that is not a priority, then I believe at that point that you are perpetrating a fraud. Honesty and transparency creates clarity and eliminates and mitigates confusion. The next one, communicating and establishing parameters and boundaries. We are still individuals we still have this individuality to us that we must protect and serve. That's why I believe in the loving relationship, there has to be an identified line where we can coexist, but we can love and we can love earnestly but we know these pockets or these know these zones that we have that we must protect in order to continuously give selfless energy. I'm not talking about in these these zones to where you are being you know, that you're being sneaky or 
shady, clandestine in nature. But if you value peace and if you, or I should say isolation, and part of that, part of your parameters and your boundaries is that I need to have some form of isolation for my meditation, for reading, for reflection, etc. As long as it is healthy and, and as long as that it amplifies and improves and transcends the relationship for self and for the person and for the extended bodies that are produced in this relationship. Anything unhealthy and anything that is morally and or, or unethically um, incongruent with the covenant of I am yours and you are mine, I believe at that point that you are setting yourself up for failure and you're inviting shame, hurt, and pain. And next one, establish trust and safety. This can happen in so many different forms. There's no one right way to do it. It is every contact that you make, every engagement that you make, every opportunity to connect Every is an opportunity to build and sustain on safety and trust. Showing your person that you are reliable and trustworthy. That you are the gatekeeper to their deepest, deepest fears and frustrations. that you hold the key to their strongest emotions and strongest memories and traumas and that you protect that key and you safeguard that key from anyone, from anything. That's how I look at safety and trust. And it has to be equality in a relationship in order to make this, in order to make the relationship healthy, to make it thriving. And thriving in a sense of the relationship is generating positive behaviors. positive outcomes an investigative mindset is another quality humans are ever changing the environment is ever changing and with that being said who you marry who you decide to be in a committed relationship with eight 10, 12 years ago may not be the same. So we always have to have an inquisitive mentality of ensuring that we are maintaining a comprehensive assessment and evaluation about our person. If there is a shift and their emotional stability, their psychological fitness, their spiritual outlook. We must look into that, examine that compassionately, delicately, with conviction and love. Because 
thing about a relationship, what I've learned just being in mind is that the relationship will eventually die off if there is not a commitment to change together and not to honor the changing forces that are taking place in each other's mind, body, and spirit. And the last quality is reciprocity. It's nothing like feeling that you are pulling the weight of yourself and someone and you don't feel that you have an a support system or a shoulder <laughs> a minimal shoulder to lean on when you are in disarray reciprocity is vital to cementing trust and safety if I'm only showing up if I'm only putting in the effort the energy the sweat the blood the tears and I don't see that you are willing to go into battle with me with sword and shield that you're not willing to deconstruct this distort our you know the, the distorted colonial lens that have been given to us in a direct intergenerationally if I see that when we're talking about economics and finances you're comfortable with the status quo you're comfortable with the, your current state and when you're not thinking about the higher level pursuits if I'm thinking about your needs all the time and considering your needs and fulfilling your needs or at least trying to and, invari and invariably my needs are being met I don't feel valued I don't feel seen I don't feel noticed I don't feel appreciated all that creates a it creates a incongruence and dysfunction in the relationship that that, that can also create resentment and that's how if resentment creeps in that wandering eye starts to uh, becomes ever present. And then for the for the broad based pursuits, cultural enrichment and knowledge and identity centered education. I want to I want to tackle those two. I think those two go hand in hand. When I'm thinking about when I think about building a legacy, building a family, building a kingdom, I think about you know the acculturation process. I think about the traditions, the rituals, the practices, the moral principles, the ethics, the virtues. I think all of that goes into cultural enrichment and knowledge honing that cultivating that sharing it imparting it on our our little ones who are growing up in our image but I think at a fundamental level Especially since a lot of us in North America are 
part of the diaspora is that we have to come to an agreement on what culture do we embody, do we embrace? Is it the culture that our parents were? Um, no, was it was it the culture of our parents? Or is it the culture that that we believe through knowledge, wisdom, and truth? Some of us didn't, didn't grow up in Afrocentric, Pan-African households. But if that is what you believe in now, that is the that is the guiding light to how you share your culture, how you how you embrace it and practice the culture. And then with identity-centered education, I've just learned this recently that the institutions that you're in needs to complement your culture and identity. In North America, you you know, some of us are in that bind to where the institutions that we were in were based upon the institutions that were available and accessible to us. I believe that when you are building a kingdom, building a family, that your education, or I should say that, or the tools and the pursuits to acquire knowledge has to complement how you see yourself, who you are, and also how you want to be seen by other people and other groups. Another pursuit is finances and economics. It's a major killer in a relationship. Each of you have to be on, a, on one accord. Something that I have dealt with in, in our marriage is, is the anxieties and the stress, the underlying anxieties and stress when it comes down to economic development and finances. When there is trust and safety in a relationship, in order to talk about, in order to work through those different things that may arouse anxiety, fear, and frustration, and even in some situations, discontent for one another, there has to be a level of compassion. There has to be the the vulnerability and the willingness to meet that person where they are not meet them where you want them to be or where you are but if you have a more stronger foundation and mindset and in a certain aspect of keeping this relationship afloat keeping it striving and thriving then you have a, to use a very compassionate voice to impel your person to see what you're seeing and to encourage them earnestly with conviction that this is a part of what we agreed upon as a legacy builder. Demonstrate them, demonstrate to them how to get there, how to acquire the knowledge, how to put in, how to change those, their micro behaviors and habits. And that's one thing I learned for the finances piece.
And that can go for any other aspect. Another one is spiritual growth. As black people, we are spiritual beings. Historically, our spiritual systems were core tenets to our culture and identity. Our spiritual systems uh, have been plagiarized. They have been taken from us and used in different religious bodies to promote morality ethics and to enhance the theological context of that said religion. We are spiritual beings. And the way we connect with cosmetology, with nature, with ourselves, with moral and ethical frameworks that guides us to live virtuous lives we have to be connected and intertwined with spiritual growth in spiritual growth and in order to become a better version of yourselves you have to Spiritual growth is one of those things that is lifelong. It's never ending. It's all encompassing. And the spiritual growth and this, or I should say the spiritual journey that you're on, it requires both individuals to be open, to be receptive to be inviting when one another when when one may feel disconcerted and the other one is thriving and finding ways to express themselves spiritually finding themselves being having a more seamless experience we complement each other, so therefore that we have to get on the same path. And lastly, parenting. In a committed, loving, marital relationship, parenting is typically an overarching goal. the procreation and the begetting of children. Bring them the, bringing them in this world, imparting knowledge, culture, and a sense of identity. Facilitating a pathway to, a pathway to truth and wisdom and education showing providing giving them the intangibles that guides their character their behavior the actions their perspectives the point of views and all of this is out of love based off of our priorities and values of wanting to be parents of wanting to build to extend and expand the family kingdom I've thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed having this conversation with all of you I'm also very honored that we can partake in this conversation despite the hatred 
that's going on, that's being permeated throughout this country. And I really do appreciate everyone being their most emotional, vulnerable, and perfect selves to look in the mirror and say, even though that I am going through what I am going through, there is always love. I am love. The universe, the natural world is love. And I am a vessel to harness the channel to share and express love. I want to leave you all with the quote of the day. And the quote of the day is, love makes your soul crawl out from its hiding place by Zora Neale Hurston. All right, family, this has been a tremendous conversation. I appreciate you being here in, in this safe space. I appreciate wherever you are in this world. I honor your existence. I value who you are and your narrative, how you perceive and embody and exude love. I also want to say that I love all of you. Honestly, wholeheartedly, and deeply. I cannot wait to have another conversation with all of you. Be blessed. Be love. Be prosperous. And I'll see you all on the next episode. Peace and love.